morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacks as Furnace with me. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> with me, Robert. <laughs> We're not starting again. We're not starting again. With me, Pete. My lap Mo out one, here. One takes only. Dunno the dunno. That's just not true. Out here doing that's sound one take. effects. Well, for now, but for today, I don't say one takes one takes only. Like that's that's what you always There's do. The bare mistakes in the first five minutes of this thing, you know. But we keep going. Come on, that's the main thing. Come on, we figure it out. We are authentic, real. We make it work. Mm. No make believe thing out here. Come on, no fairy tale. Come on, this is real this life. Is fairy tale. Fairy tale. <laughs> I heard fairy tale. <laughs> this is real life. No editing. Get one done take. Done now. We give it the guess. real, the raw, the uncut. It's Pokemon gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's just hating because he hasn't got a switch. Sorry, yeah, you would. I think you would. You know, the way they got like the Mortal Kombat, the Smash Brothers, all of them things there. I reckon you play Smash Brothers. So you would. Smash Brothers is the game of games. I'm not. I'm not good. I'm not a good gamer. You learn. No, I don't. I'm the hard way. I don't like sitting there and playing. Games. Okay, guys. No one wants to listen to us talk about games. No. No. <laughs> no. But right. before we do start, mm. can I just say? WWE NXT War Games was crazy. So like um, NXT is yeah, WWE. to expand on this. Yes, I have to. Wait, you saw that no one was interested. WWE NXT is um, it, it, WWE is like developmental brand. Mm. So it's like where they go to practice their skills before they go onto onto the big shows. Mm. But like NXT is like the live thing while WWE right now. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into. Sorry, not sorry. I think I'm in a hot seat, aren't I? I was in the hot seat last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take this one. Okay. Uh, you want to go first, Peter? No, because I haven't thought of one. Okay. That's why I'm going in the hot seat. <laughs> cool. All right, let's begin. Um, so I was, I was doing some research this week just for like some prep and stuff. And um, I came across this really interesting thing about anti-Semitism mm-hmm. and how like part part of the thing with it is that people blame Jews for Jesus dying mm. and um, because they're the ones that like took him to Pilate mm. and said kill him but, yeah. but it, it was actually the Romans that actually you know um, did the killing of him mm-hmm. and in the grand scheme of things no one killed him he he chose to die for us carry on <laughs> <laughs> Was I likely to agree with that? Not entirely. Okay. Do you want me to elaborate? Yeah. Because even though he chose to like lay his lay lay his life down for us, the physical act of killing him, we hold responsibility for. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's yeah. like so. It's almost like um, euphemism. Uh, is it euphemism? Euphoria? Um, it's not euphoria. But euthanasia. Euthanasia assisted um, murders and suicides and stuff it's like you can get you can get done for murder I believe yeah because even though he decided or he or she decided that they want to die you physically helped them so you physically helped them take their life and so it's I, I see it along the same lines that yes Jesus said I lay down my life but like physically he was crucified and that's how he laid down his life and so he didn't nail himself to the cross. So for, yeah, we, we hold responsibility for nailing him to the cross. Mm. Okay. Well, my actual question mm-hmm. was, in light of that, 
who holds more blame for Jesus' crucifixion? The Jews or the Romans? The Jews for sending him to the Romans or the Romans for actually... I, I foresaw this question and that's why when I was answering the first one, I said we. Who's we? As in everybody in this room, everybody on earth is equally to blame. We all had a part in crucifying Jesus. Yeah, but we mean not as much though. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we literally. Um, yeah, it, it does say. It does say. Paul says. Yeah, like uh, Paul says, and plus there's a. I'm not trying to put this song over the Bible. Flip it. No, there we go. Um, Shailin, um, were you there? Mm. Um, like it's it's an old well known hymn where it's like were you there when they crucified my lord were you there were you there, and a preacher at the end of it gives us like there's a small sermon snippet where it's like we we cannot claim the benefits of the crucifixion without claiming the responsibilities for the crucifixion. So we can't claim salvation without claiming having crucified him. Why? because it was our sins it's, it's literally like we were the people because as he was on the cross being crucified like forgive them he died for us and so we were partakers in his death that we may enjoy his living Peter doesn't seem happy no say, say that again because when you say we're partakers in his death as that in, we might enjoy living so, so we were so it's like we were active participants in I say active very like metaf metaphorically not, mm. not not metaphorically per se so it isn't like quote unquote oh but it's like we nailed him to the cross we all share blame for that why <laughs> firstly because it was our sins that he died for mm -hmm. but also it was if Jesus lived today we would still do the same thing hypothetical it's a fact. Well, we wouldn't. We wouldn't, what do you mean do we wouldn't the same crucify thing? him. We, we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kill him. We'll kill him. But would we be able to? We'd be able to do that in, in like this day and age. Okay, so basically, the way <laughs> the state that we're, the state that we're in now is is in obviously it's like history trajectory. Jesus died, and the like historical narrative has continued based on that fact. If Jesus hadn't died, probably we wouldn't be in the exact same position that we're in today. Probably things would be slightly different just due to history trajectory. But the logic <laughs> still remains consistent in that the outcome wouldn't have been any different. Mm. In that his claims without, if Jesus was to come today, his claims would be exactly as ridiculous, exactly as blasphemous, inciting the exact same response. But not from not from the Gentile world, so I, I think so, I think, no, no. For, so, mm. and the reason I say that as well is what it was a collaboration between the Jews and the Gentile world to crucify him. So the Jew, the Jewish and the Gentile world are both under the same blanket of you have killed Jesus. The Jewish world handed them over, and the Gentile world crucified him. So um, when. Pilate said to Jesus, don't you know that I have the power to set you free? Jesus said, you have no power unless it was given to you from heaven. Mm -hmm. So the person who gave, you to, who gave me into your hands has got the, great, um, has got the greatest sin or something like that. Mm. Um, and so, and the way that I've understood that is, yes, 
um, ultimately God has handed him into his power, mm -hmm. but the people that handed him over physically, the Jews have got more condemnation than him, the G uh, Gentile who's about to crucify him. Because mm. if the Jewish hadn't handed him over, he wouldn't be able to then go do that. But the Jewish people have handed him over because he has, he has um, clearly demonstrated himself as the son of God and they don't like that. So they've handed him over to get killed. Mm -hmm. um, but it still condemns both of them, both of those groups of people. They're both condemned under, under crucifying Jesus. Hmm. How do you, let's, oh. let's, let's unpack this. How would you answer the question, Peter? I, 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 I worry about diminishing the the role of Jews um in 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 the salvation narrative or in 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 the Christian narrative mm -hmm. altogether because I think we sometimes come away from recognizing that if we are the bride of Christ um the Jews are the wife of God if that makes sense like they are the um uh the first love well, not even first love they're the, the Naomi they're the, the Naomi babes. and we're the Ruth if I'm to use that analogy, does that mm. make sense? We, we are the Gentile bride brought in. They are the ones that were already there that are being redeemed. I don't agree with that. Mm. Well, that's that's the Boaz. That's the that's the whole story of Ruth. Is no, uh, no. I want to say Naomi. It's not Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi. Naomi left, came back, and Boaz was supposed to. No, Boaz wasn't the one. Yeah, immediately there, was, there was someone. There was someone closer. So if I'm to use that type mm -hmm. as a uh, as, as a um a metaphor for what happens with jews the christ jews the gent the gentiles and christ mm -hmm. then naomi is the jew she was the original one the law was the original one first there to redeem them but the law wasn't able to do it so that was the first person who was in line mm -hmm. yeah. to save uh, to yeah. redeem naomi i was like i, I ain't doing that and boaz then comes in as a kinsman redeemer mm -hmm. to redeem naomi and to redeem ruth and to take Ruth as well. So the law wouldn't have facilitated Ruth coming in. But Naomi wouldn't have been redeemed by her... So, okay. In in the in the scheme of the way that things were happening, mm. um, because Ruth went with Naomi, whoever redeemed Naomi would have had to take Ruth as well. Which the law was not able to do. So, so that so my, first my, my one. Thing is, my thing so, so, so my my thing is this: the, the reason why I'm saying that is, if we diminish the role of the Jews and we forget, we we ignore how beautiful it is that, like you were saying, Naomi wouldn't have been redeemed, or Naomi actually then got super redeemed by virtue of the Gentile that she brought in, because mm. it was by virtue of Ruth that she got redeemed. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, it was through Ruth that she got redeemed, but it's her birthright it's, it's her it's through her that redemption can happen if that makes sense because mm. Boaz was related to her not necessarily to Ruth yeah. so my, my thing is I think the church has been guilty of downplaying the role of Ju the Jews and, and the role of um, the, the Jewish culture in the whole story where that's the one that God chose to mm. initiate everything for yeah. Yeah. so with regards to this with regards to who was responsible for his death? No, more responsible. Who was more <laughs> responsible for his death? The, the Jews or the Romans? If I, if we're going by semantics, Pilate actually just washes his hands off of it. Mm -hmm. So if you're just going by virtue of who was more responsible by virtue of semantics, Pilate washed his hands off of it and said, "Do with them what you guys will." Mm. And it was just the Jews. Now, I hear what you're saying in that our sin 
nailed him to the cross. Mm-hmm. But I think in 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 my so mind, are we looking at so we're talking about the physical act of actually nailing him to the cross. Okay. In my mind, I think it's worth noting that when you know, like in, in all the parables, when the master sends out his son to the people that he wants to invite to the uh, mm-hmm. thingy, it's the people that kill him. And then they go out and then go and bring everyone else, mm. if that makes sense. So, like, I feel like what I've noticed is the church doesn't recognize the importance of Jews, or not of Jews, but of the Jewish culture in the story. Mm. And I think it's worth highlighting that. So, if you're asking between the Jews and the Gentiles at the time who were the Romans, I would say the Jews were more responsible. And, and that's why, because mm. I think if you recognize that, you see then the beauty in that having brought in the fullness of the Gentiles, God will still come for his Jews and then send the two prophets. And based on whatever your eschatological, eschatological view is, mm. you, you see all that. But I, I think it's worth highlighting that, look, this whole thing came through. I think when, um, it's been in my at the forefront of my mind because of the whole anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism thing with labor mm. um, and... I just felt uh, like I was just trying to think if someone asks me what why is racism against Jews um, such a, a, a bad thing, even though I'm not a Jew, for me, they hold a, heart, a place in my heart because it's through them that we got our savior. Just by virtue of the physical means and God chose yeah. them and they have a special part in God's heart. So I'm like, you don't mess around with these people kind of thing that, mm. that's just that's and that's why I'm, I'm struggling a little bit I hear what you're saying yeah yeah and well. I hear what you're saying yeah. as well and I think we're kind of along the same page with each with the struggles of each person if the other person because it's because mm. um, I'm, I'm like wrestling with in Christ there's no longer Jew nor Gentile male nor female mm. like mm. scriptures like that where it's very much like in Christ and I'm also struggling like massively with the distinction between uh, and I know that this was a very like off the cuff distinction in terms of bride, bride of God, bride of Christ, sort of distinction, because mm, mm. um, I don't, I don't necessarily see that. I almost see all of us amalgamated into the bride of Christ, and then in Him united, uh, united in Him, um, and with God. Mm. Um, so I don't necessarily see almost like God the Father taking the bride and God the Son taking the bride and the Holy Spirit just chilling in the, in the background like brideless, just <laughs> celebrating each other's bride. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily see that. Um, but I know that that's not necessarily what you meant. Well, yeah. But then there's also the fact that there is a special destiny for the Jews outside of those that believe in Christ. And like you said, there is no Jew or Gentile yeah. outside of that. So again, this is where the a millennial thing comes in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I, I'm post-millennial, I think it is, where I believe the fullness of the Gentiles come in, we are then saved, then their eyes are open. So this was the... Uh, not the curse, but what Jesus said over them when they didn't recognize him uh, when he was coming in uh, on the donkey as, mm. as their king. So, like, oh, your eyes will be closed until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Mm. And I believe until all of us goes and that th- for that group, the Jews that do believe mm-hmm. are part of it. We get saved in Christ and there's no Jew or Gentile in, in Christ. Then after that, their eyes open and they recognize. And I think that's where the two prophets come and there's 144,000. All of that jazz yeah. is after that. But yeah. that's a special destiny yeah. for the Jews. I have to admit, I have to admit, it's very interesting trying to navigate the relationship between Jew- Jewish, the Jewish na- uh, nation mm. and God and Christianity and God mm. um, through Christ. Because it almost seems as though 
But I believe in in a light in agreement with you. I believe that God will still honor the Jewish nation who have still sought to adhere to mm. the Torah. Mm. I still believe that He will still honor that. Um, and even in going through the revelation narrative in terms of the new Jerusalem and the new earth, mm. it's like there's still a new Jerusalem, mm. which is like walled and stuff like that. And it's, al it's almost like the holy of holies. And then there's the new earth, which is a bit broader. And it's, it's almost like the outer court. And, mm. it's, it's, and yeah. so it's almost looking at it from the position of like the Jewish nation is within the inner court and then the Gentile nation within the outer court, mm. almost crudely. Um, but yeah, so... Yes, and I think coming back to Robert's question, mm. um, I think the reason that I I made that clarification in terms of we're all equally guilty, firstly, is because in blame shifting, we can easy it's easy for us to wash our hands and not recognize that we're still guilty for. So even in, with Pilate washing his hands, he was still guilty for still releasing him to be put into that position. Mm. So, and even with um, uh, Herod, with John the Baptist, mm. when Herodias, is, Herodias danced for him and he was like, is it Herodias' daughter? It was it was his it was his daughter, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Cause it, there is a name Herodias. I don't know if it's, that's her or her yeah. mom or something like that. So he was like, "You can get every, anything up to half my kingdom." Yeah, and she was like, "Give me the head of John the Baptist." Now you've already made a promise; you can get everything up to half my kingdom, which means that you're you're willing to let go of half your kingdom in this in this point. If you truly, the Bible says that he he valued. John the Baptist's life, so he didn't kill him. He kind of protected him, blah, blah, yeah. blah. If you really value this life, he's worth more than half my kingdom. Hmm. Okay. He's worth more than half my kingdom. The king's life is worth more than, more than half of his kingdom. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. But it's one of them ones where it's just like, just because you handed him over doesn't nullify you yeah, of yeah. the guilt of having done that. Even even Pilate's washing his hands. Yeah, even is, Pilate is washing his hands doesn't nullify him yeah. of that guilt. Mm. Um, but did Pilate technically do anything wrong? Yeah. Dude, you handed, you're the only person who had the power to actually get him crucified and you handed him over. To know, even, even, even saying to know the right thing and not do it is you know, sins of omission or, or whatever. I can't remember the verse that says it, but if you don't, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, you've also sinned. So yeah, he's, he's, he, he yeah. is, he is, yeah, he did do something wrong. And he so, had yeah. the power to sin. And so it's, it's very much like, I did it, so from, in terms of, I think we're almost approaching it from the opposite spectrums, where mm. it's like, mm. you're um, not diminishing the importance of the Jews. Mm. And I'm not trying to um, look over the role that the Gentiles also played I hear that. Um, yeah. In, yeah. in that regard. And so, yeah, I do believe without the Jewish nation actually recognizing um, the, like, the absolutely, like, brazen comments that Jesus were making, the statements mm. that he was making, mm. and then handing them over to the people who had the power and mm. then them, them utilizing the power. So, it, yeah, it goes, it, it's like... Um, a hand in a glove. What's more important? The hand. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the cold, hand without the glove. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I, hear what you're saying. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it depends on the glove. Oh, for, forest and a tree. <laughs> forest and the trees. Because a tree by itself doesn't make a forest. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, man. Give me a hard time. I'm giving you a hard time. Sorry. So yeah, um, yeah. So mm, for me, mm. I kind of see it as it's it's almost like the notion of spirit and truth. Mm. It's almost saying which one is more important. Mm, mm. Um, they both have their place within the f- fullness of things playing out. So yeah, that's why I would say both. Um, with, and in saying both, I recognize your your point, Peter, in that we shouldn't diminish or look over the importance or relevance of one part mm. over the other. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I'm happy with that. Uh-huh. That was a long story. Not sorry. I'm not sure if you want to add another question to that. That's 20 minutes gone. Jeez. I do, though. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Have you heard of Christian science? I believe so. You probably would have studied it at some point, but because I, I just did a little bit of reading because I, I wanted to know what it was. Because mm. Christian science. I like, I like science. I like Christians. So let's see. But anyway, so <laughs> no they, Christians. <laughs> they, they, they do not believe in uh, like stuff like going to a doctor. They think sicknesses should only be healed by mm. so basically any scientific uh, um actually i don't know if that's what they say what they do say is you shouldn't be going to doctors and stuff mm. like that. so why are they called christian scientists then well i think it's in essence saying that science is irrelevant and thus everything that can be achieved with science should be achievable yeah. with prayer so yeah it might be it might be like christian science just to be like this this is what the worldly science says, but this yeah. is what we say as Christians, like we should pray or whatever. Mm. I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read extensively on them. However, it did it did bring to mind, so I I don't believe in not going to the doctor if you're sick. Go to the doctor. I think we've seen the extension of that into mental health. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're not feeling, if your mental health isn't on point, go and see a mental health doctor, mm-hmm. psychologist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But where do you draw the line between faith and um and essentially works in in that mm. you know we we also do believe that god heals yeah um so where should i stop believing that god heals and go to a doctor um or where yeah where, where do you draw that line and where do you say okay god will heal through the doctor but that's not what he was doing in yeah um jesus is do you know what? i really struggle and I've I've had many conversations about just healing, mm. and I think you've had a few in the furnace. Um, I really struggle with this topic because it's the implications of it are can be quite drastic. Yeah, um, I've heard people who have had cancer and just be like, "Yeah, like I'm not gonna engage with chemo. I'm just gonna pray, and everything's gonna happen, and mm. this and that." And unfortunately, they've passed away, um, and then. People have been like, oh, they didn't have faith. And I'm just like, come on, you can't you can't make comments like that when someone's yeah. life has just ended. Yeah. Um so I think for me, I so um one of my old pastors says that there's there are three different types of healings. Um there's the miraculous healing, there's the natural healing, and there's the ultimate healing. Okay. So the natural, the supernatural healing is when, like, God, you lay hands on someone and someone heals you. The natural healing is when you take paracetamol and stuff, and then like it goes. And the ultimate healing is when you die. Um, is there any biblical basis for natural healing? So, take a take a sip of wine. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna lean towards. Yeah. Um, sorry, 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 sorry. I don't know so, what the verse? It's uh, it's, it's in, I think it's in Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that he should sip some wine because of his upset stomachs, yeah. and um, also the sh- the sheer fact that um, Luke was a physician. Luke was a physician and he w- traveled with um, 
people and I know that I think it was in um Second Corinthians, I believe, where there was one per no, it wasn't Corinthians, it was one it was one of the smaller books that um once they had sent someone to serve with Paul and the person had gotten really ill. Um and Paul alluded to like Luke just kind of helping to take care of him and stuff and they right. prayed as well and things mm. kind of happened. But also um, Hezekiah, I think it's Hezekiah, when he was ill and it, um, Isaiah went to him and Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah, <laughs> I'm, I'm butchering this story <laughs> right now, but uh, the king who prayed and his life was extended by yeah, 15 years. Yeah, I think years. it is Hezekiah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I was he, yeah. In, my, in my head. Like, they literally said, make a cake of figs and put it over the boil. Mm. That, like, God had prescribed, yeah. do this yeah. for your healing. Yeah. Um, Naaman, God had prescribed, go dip in this water and you'll be cleansed. Now, even that, even though it was miraculous, there was still a physical something that was mm. done mm. for that healing. Um, and so, even throughout the Old Testament, there were some physical things that were done um, in bringing about healing, in, like, mending wounds and stuff. Um, and so I don't necessarily, and even Jesus made mud and placed out. Now, we don't know if the if this if there was like a special property in the mud. We don't know, mm. but it was still miraculous in that no one could just make mud pull yeah. on a person's eye. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. Um, so there's still that reality in God being able to use natural means mm. to bring about supernatural things. Um, I think my distinction, and this distinction isn't just for healing, but it's in everything is. Anything not done in faith is sin. Mm. Um, mm. And so I can take this paracetamol and still be ill. Mm. I can take aspirin and, and still be ill. Mm. <laughs> I can take aspirin and die. Um, like, this isn't necessarily guaranteeing that whatever's happening is going to go. Mm. Um, and, but if I have faith that God is going to heal me, now whether it's through this or through whatever and I act based on that faith I believe that you're still honouring God yeah um, but in saying that I don't think you should um, make those decisions lightly I'm trying to f like find the best words for that it's almost let, let it be faith mm. and not doubt mm. let it be faith and not and not trying to test God in the okay i'm not gonna take this let's see you heal me like yeah it's mm. do it in faith where it's like that trust that confidence that hope that assurance that god is going to come through mm. um knowing that even if it he doesn't it doesn't negate your blessing almost mm. um <laughs> dangerous term right now mm. um yeah in the same way um poor arts for the phone to be taken away yeah then it wasn't yeah so but in saying that I'm not saying I'm against um, like human medicines and stuff like that because mm. I believe that God has put Christians into the medical profession yeah, mm. and he has given them the aptitude, the mm. drive, the tenacity to be able to, to want to go in mm. and to tangibly change people's lives. Yeah. Mm. And I still see that as being honourable. God has given some Christians the aptitude for uh, becoming psychologists and stuff like that to actually be able to talk through mm. your problems and even if you haven't studied counseling and stuff most of their um underpinning theories mm. i have already come across in the bible mm. 
So CBT is very much attacking the thought process. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Yeah. And it's very yeah. much like, what are you thinking about? Mm. What behaviours come after that? How can we address that? Yeah. The Bible's already spoken about that. Mm. Um, in terms of um, person-centred counselling, um, the Bible has been confess your sins unto one another, knowing that in doing that you'll be healed. And it's very much just talking. Mm. just talking through different situations talking through stuff and I know that this is like a crude summary but yeah I, I see some of the principles already um, and so I'm like alright cool I don't necessarily see it as negating or being against God um, but I still see that even if you do go to the doctors if you go to do you go to this submit everything unto God I have heard people saying Jesus' name is the name above every other name. So just go to the doctors to get a name and then go give it to God and then God will heal you. And I'm just like, what? yeah, you're twisting scripture right now. <laughs> you're twisting scripture. Just go to the doctor and, oh, okay, it's cancer. All right, cool, God, this is the name, but your name is bigger. So yeah, nah, like you're twisting it right now. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's on like a, a well-received worship song where it's just like, yeah, just, just get the name. And then I'm just like, yeah. Um, mm. okay. But my, my main thing is just, Faith. Yeah, faith. Yeah. Knowing that pe God, God has placed people into these fields and so he's not necessarily against it. Mm. Um, if you need, if you've got a headache and you need aspirin, take it. Sometimes you just need sleep. Oh, this, okay. What's the time? Mud. It was meant to be a quick one. I don't worry about the time. Um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing that really strikes me about healings is that Jesus discerned the root of whatever it was mm. and then kind of address the root and so sometimes what do you mean Moses? sometimes it was demonic and Jesus would cast out a demon and then the person would be healed oh. sometimes it was like so the person who was born blind disciples were like who sinned? him or his parents? it was no one sinned mm. God did this so that he can get glory from it that's a totally different diagnosis mm. and like the um, woman who issue was the issue of, issue of blood Jesus like her faith, she touched Jesus and her faith kind of triggered healing and stuff like that. Mm. And there was different situations and when Jesus would heal some people, he'd be like, go and sin no more. Mm. And like, there's little things like that where it's like Jesus would discern what was happening. The epileptic person. So the illness was just a, a symptom of the demon that was tormenting him. Mm. And so when Jesus cast that demon out, boom, like things gone. So yeah, it's, it's sometimes the illness is just a symptom of something deeper going in. Mm. And so there's a level of discernment, blah, blah, blah. And so that it's not a one size fits all. Say this prayer and then all your, all your sicknesses are going to go. Sometimes it's like, yeah. And that's why in the medical profession, there's always diagnoses and stuff like that to kind of uncover what, what it is. Because mm. a headache might be a headache or it might be a tumor. Like, you never know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm happy. Fair enough. Yeah. If you go to Google, it's always a tumor. Fam. If you go to Google, you've always got cancer. And if you go if you, if you go to an African church, it's always your auntie in Africa. Uh, it's always demons. <laughs> oh, demons. In Fam. A, in the African households, Rob is the answer to everything. Bro. <laughs> All right, so. Excellent. All right, so. That was a bit longer than expected, but it's cool. Um, so what do I want to talk about today? Something short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, let's make it short or shorter. So how do I want to bring us into this one? Let's just go quick. Okay, so this week um, I was watching a podcast on YouTube known as The Love Hour. Mm -hmm. Came on stage and his wife Miss came on stage. Mm. And this week they had someone called Tanya, Tonya Rapley also known as 
my fab finance on instagram so she's like a, she's like a finance um consultant person helps people get their finances in order and stuff mm-hmm. really good really good stuff and one of the things she talked about was people's money story mm. so like looking back um to experiences early on that shaped the way they looked at money mm. and and um why they have the relationship that they do with money mm. so for some people it's they get money, they spend, spend, spend. Yeah. For other people, is they get money, they don't want to even look at it. Mm. Just, just, just put it in a hole somewhere. Mm. So, I thought let's talk about our money stories. Oh gosh. <laughs> and then, if we've got time, I will go on from there. Did you used to try out wrestling moves when you saw them on TV as a kid? That was such a deviation. Yes. Yeah. No wonder. What do you mean? No, it just makes sense. What, what makes sense? Noah. No, 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 no. His money stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Robert will hear something and he's like, oh, let's try it. <laughs> Fam, don't think that I hear that. <laughs> so let's try it. That, that, that does it's a very compromised situation. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. Do you, you want to start? In, in line with that, um, I would recommend... Ah, I might just make it my hookup. It's cool. Cool. <laughs> Do you want to start? Okay. Um, so my earliest recollect or like memory when it came to money... Um, it happened a few times. Um, it's like you know, the, um, them ones when like someone, someone, someone would like give you money, well, like an auntie or an uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone would say, okay, I'll let, let me hold on to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you never see that money again. I do that you know? all the time. No. Um, and the, on those things where you, you, you know you give some money to my mom, she's like, oh yeah, I'll pay you back. Don't worry. Never <laughs> <laughs> see that money again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think because of that, like. For a long time, mm. like whenever I had money, I spent as quickly as I could, <laughs> <laughs> just so it could be me that spent it. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I got into the habit of not letting my mom know whenever a new money came in. <laughs> Does your mom listen to the podcast? No, because <laughs> it meant that it was then all my money to spend, mm. and and I know I, I wouldn't save it because if you ever, if you ever find out about the savings. It was a rap, so I thought, no, nah, let me just spend. <laughs> mm. Let me, yeah, let me make, let me use it to buy stuff, mm. stuff that I want, that that I can go and feel bad about later for buying. <laughs> but at least in the moment, I bought it. It was my decision. So yeah, and that was something I had to unlearn mm. <laughs> for the past few months. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Yeah, I think like. Um, I, 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 my earliest memories of money is in Ghana, obviously, and I think my earliest me- memories of money is to do with school fees. Mad, <laughs> mad. Cause like I would remember Mandem being like, cause I went to a private school in Ghana. And it was me, two sisters, all in the same school. And the tuition was crazy. Mm. And my dad was like banging it out. And I, I, I remembered the fear of not having your school fees paid and having to go home. Mm. And it was, it was just, it was nuts. Like we didn't get money 
because we used to the money that we had was for like trotter and stuff like that public transport mm. um we used to take like um packs pack lunches into school so we didn't have to have lots of money um but that was the earliest memory of just like if you don't pay your school fees you might get embarrassed in front of everyone mm. um my dad would always like get us the books and stuff like that. but i think that that was the earliest memory um and how, how, how do you think that's affected you growing up if it has at all I don't want to be in a position of not having money. Um, and then the earliest memories of me, like, being responsible for my money is when I first came here. And my mum was like, I'm going to buy you a phone. I'm not going to buy you credit. But when I call you, if you miss my call, you better call me back. <laughs> like, like that's, that's, like, you better call me back. And just knowing that, all right, cool, I'm going to get X amount for the week. I need to eat from it, but I need to be responsible enough to be able to save money to even buy like five pound credit. Mm. But then I started going to school and I started to see my boys with Game Boy Advances and I'm like, I want one. So now I'm thinking about credit and the Game Boy Advance. Mm. And like, and so ever since then, just saving. Mm. I've just been on a saving wave. Um, Didn't have any credit cards or anything like that. So yeah, it's just very much been just, just money has been something that I've always tried to acquire mm. Fe- mm. Fi- feeling as though the more I had the more secure I would be and that's interesting reflecting on it I haven't actually verbalised it like this before so it's interesting reflecting on this hold on Robert I'll be coming hard silence, all the silence. time don't, don't, don't all the ruin time. it man don't ruin so it so yeah because it's yeah it's it's interesting reflecting on this because I'm starting to recognise some patterns um, mm. where it's just like I want almost like money as like a safety net um, and just recognizing how God has been intentional about breaking it off of me. Um, so yeah, like just having that, even if I don't need to just look at the savings account, know that ah, cool, yeah, we've got we've got such nice, there, we're nice, nice. Mm. like we're good. I find that such a nice feeling. <laughs> and being in a position where God has put me in now, I'm looking at the savings account. And I'm, I'm, I'm stressing, <laughs> stressing. Hey, have you seen the Simpsons? The Simpsons episodes where. Like things get stickier than they like. You know, like <laughs> I, have, I have one of the moments. You know, like it's not. Oh, but in that, learning to trust God more than my abilities to be able to provide at any given time. Because mm. whenever I have tr- in these seasons now, whenever I have tried to provide, it's just gone south. It's been pear shaped. Mm. But then seeing God just come through over and over and over again, and just making me realize that money comes and goes. Mm. Like this, it literally just comes and goes. Um, so yeah, I think earliest history is school fees, and then me being conscious that I need money to be able to like call my mum back. Mm. Fear factor, and like buy the stuff that I want to buy. So yeah, it's very much just like saving and seeing money as like having the ability to ensure that I live comfortably. Oh. Mm. Mm. Peter, I think my. Because I'm very similar to Moe, actually, in that, you know, the first sort of memories of money were to do with Ghana. Mm. Um, but for me, it was, well, we never needed money for buying stuff because we got packed lunches. Mm. School fees were, you know, taken care of uh, or whatever. Um, but I think for me, it was always the idea of if I want something or if I want money, then I just have to go and work. And so I've always had a attitude towards that 
active income, not not the passive income, mm. not, not diversifying or mm. investing. It was just okay. I need money. I'm gonna sell my time to get the money. Kind of I thought like I said I'm gonna sell my body. <laughs> <laughs> Never had that kind of body, mate. Fam, there's a market for everything. <laughs> everything. Telling you. It's just see Peter's face right now. <laughs> It sounds, it sounds like those recruiters, like... Fam, I could be your agent, you know, 10% is all I'm asking. <laughs> I be 10%, agent. 10%. No. Yeah, so, like, after after um, junior secondary school, I went to... I was like, okay, I'm not getting packed lunches because I'm not doing anything and waiting mm. to go to SS. Mum's um, not going to give me money for nothing. Mm. So, cool, I'll go and work in the internet cafe or uh, and I'll be a cadet instructor. Mm. So, it's like, cool. As soon as anytime I wanted money... I was just thinking, okay, what jobs can I go and do? Um, and it's now getting to a point where it's realizing that it's important to diversify mm. and, and invest and, and seek passive incomes because your time is more valuable than you ever get paid for. P- P- um, is Peter becoming Kreffler? How so? Are you going to start asking people to tithe? For what? For you? No, <laughs> no. That's, that's the diversifying the income. Well, no, that's that's biblical actually. Mm. Diversifying income. Is it? So yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. into it. Yo, Ecclesiastes. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. This study that I've been doing that I've taken my time. Um, I I recognize. I learnt. Cast your bread onto the waters, and it shall come to you. Mm. The very next verse says, "Put a put a eighth." to one or to seven or eight or put apart to seven or eight because you don't know which one will be destroyed mm. and it's the 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 context of ecclesiastes i can't remember if it's 11 or whatever it's literally like diversify your investments because mm. you don't know which one will fail mm. and so if if one fails at least you you've got safety here mm. and those will come back and it's like huh you know and, and it's just recognizing that no if if i am to not not that you need financial security because then it takes away from your yeah. relying on God. But for me, for me, it's just been recognizing my. I can't just be selling my time because now I need to. Every spend time you time. say selling, I'm sorry. Selling my time, time. You know, I mean, prostitutes all their time as well. Just well, so you. Yeah, I need to spend time <laughs> with my wife, with my child. You know, doing stuff for God uh, and um, yeah. I, in in in. Yeah. Insane, in like challenging. I still do. I I agree with um, multiple streams of income, yeah. diversifying your income portfolio and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, as much as possible, trying to create some sort of passive income. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah. As alongside your active and investment, like mm. investment. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So th- that's that's been, and I'm I'm unlearning that as well. I'm just trying to figure out ways diversifying, diversifying, <laughs> and not just. Always okay. I need more money. I'm gonna go and get a second job, kind of thing. Because mm. now time is more valuable than yeah. whatever you know you get paid. Question. Mm. Tell me, what do you think about me? I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation will go well. I like, I'd rather not. Um, I think I'm not even gonna preface this. So the question, <laughs> the question is, when when in your relationships. Did you decide to talk about incomes and stuff with your significant others? Because for me, that's that's like that's like a big conversation, and like, and like money is something that 
no one really talks about and like salaries and stuff. Mm. So like when it comes to your like significant other, when did that conversation happen? So for well for me anyway, it's, it was very early on once we started talking about marriage and um, you know living together and stuff like that. We had to have that conversation about how much we make and how much we can uh, where we can afford to live and stuff like that. And was that an easy conversation to have? Sorry, was that an easy conversation to have? Yeah, because it was with purpose. It wasn't just how much do you make. It was well we're thinking about you know getting married. We're thinking about things that have significant costs associated with it. Um, therefore, we need to know how much money we have at our disposal. Um, so, it, because it, it was, like, it had that sort of purpose to it, it, it was a bit easier to, a bit of an easier conversation to have. Plus, I like like our numbers. I don't, I don't like thinking about money. So it was just okay. This is what I make, and this is what we're going to do, and then I'll just leave everything to Anita. And she she knows. And so it's like, okay, we can do this within this much, but I don't, I don't stress over it. So you're so practical, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, well, <coughs> my side. We had a conversation very early on. Mm. Um, I think the gap between us financially was just evident. Where I was, um, I was working part time in Sainsbury's. She was working in with the council, so that pay gap was evident. Um, but it just didn't matter. It was just like, cool. I know that for some guys, especially from like ethnic backgrounds, the man they will see as like, I, I need to make, I need to be the breadwinner, I need to this and that. Um, I was like, yeah, the rent's going to get paid, we're good. Um, yeah, so I think it was very early on. We, we thought we talked through practical things like, how much we're willing to save, um, blah, blah, blah. How much do we want to live on? Like, based on what we're earning, where can we afford to go shopping? Stuff like that. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was, it was good. And we spoke about like joint accounts and everything like that. Um, and we did it very early on. Um, I think as soon as you guys get engaged, as soon as you get engaged and you start like considering, marriage money becomes a very I say marriage like start planning your wedding money becomes a very like present thing I think that much more so if it hasn't been the focus beforehand yeah which it shouldn't because it's like all right we need to pay for this we need to pay for that we need to pay for that like how much can we all bring in how much are you earning how much can you kind of afford to not do with like what are you practically spending your money on if you're spending like um a hundred pound going to the arcade every saturday let's let's cut that arcade thing out yeah what make it 20 make it a hundred pound for the month not every weekend Mm. i think that's a fair compromise and it's like yeah um, e- even that I think is a bit too much hmm. but um, unless you're going to take your missus with you then hey that's hey. a date night win win um, and if I say missus like I, if I go on date night with Anita and I spend a hundred pounds she's going to kill me <laughs> it's like why are you wasting money <laughs> do you know what yeah it's mad I took my I took my mum and I took my mum Nando's why is she like ah Twelve pounds for half chicken. I can get one box from Bricks. I'm like, mom, don't let's not do this here. Let me just treat you in it. But um <laughs> sidetrack. Um that when you're actually um forecasting and planning to pay for stuff, money's gonna be a lot more on the table to actually see what you can and can't afford, what sort of wedding you want. Um 
and yeah, and start thinking about credit cards and stuff like that. And that's when conversations around debt is going to be like very present. All right, how do you feel about taking out credit card stuff like that to pay for your wedding? Um, some people rack up massive amount of debts just oh. to pay for their weddings. And then you ain't got somewhere to live afterwards. Mm. Mud. But yeah, and so I feel like as soon as we got engaged, right afterwards, we started planning our wedding. Um, and we we're mad, I think. We were dating within six months. We were engaged within a year. We were married. Um, it's a very quick turnover. But we had already know, known each other for years. So we kind of knew, yeah. How many years is years? I don't think I've ever asked. So I think I had known Jen since 2009. And we got married 2019. 10 years. You said 2019. No. Got <laughs> I, said, I did say 19, didn't I? You did. Yeah. 2013. So it had been about four years knowing her. But it had been like quite an intense friendship where we used to like pray and talk to each other literally like every other day, if not every day. Robert's plotting it against his time. Like, <laughs> like I got time. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it was, it was good. But yeah, so as soon as we got engaged, started planning towards the wedding, blah, blah, blah. And so finances are always on the table. And because we had been in conversation and stuff in terms of friendship, we already kind of had an idea as to how each other was making and stuff and how each other was spending their money and stuff like that. So we kind of knew each other from that perspective. But then having the conversations a lot more intentionally was something different. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let me, let's not get too much deeper into this. Um, I, I know we do intend to have some more Money related topics mm. and um, episodes coming forward. So, yes, uh, yes this, do. this is like a nice, a nice taster. Put the tip in. <laughs> the tip. Just a tip. Just a tip. Just a tip. Just for now. I won't put everything in, just a tip. Just a tip for now, you know. <laughs> for next week or the week after, boy. Hey. No, not, no, not, yeah, not next week. Not next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next Maybe week next, next week. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, so watch out. The guy in all in. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Balls deep. <laughs> can we, can we, uh, hookups. Oh, hookups. Yeah, hookups. Hook um, my hookup, um, Tim Keller, Counterfeit Gods. Mm. So I, I think I've hooked it up before. Um, it's relevant to this conversation. It speaks about um, the different gods that culture so individually we kind of have but culturally we have as well so for example like one of the gods culturally right now is um protesting <laughs> people outrage outrage just yeah. being yeah just having something to yeah. to be angry about mm. um but then he he kind of goes deeper and is like but these are all symptoms of a deeper thing that we're trying to achieve mm. so your your um your god may be finances but it may be serving a deeper rooted idol of um, wanting to feel secure. Yeah. And so yeah. finances is just one way of feeling secure. Mm. Um, and so two people may have, you may have an issue of spending money. Another person may have an issue of um, saving money and they're both addressing the same thing, but in just different ways. Mm. So yeah, mm. just uncovering it. So yeah, I'll say counterfeit gods, Tim nice. Keller is a very good read. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, Okay, I'm going to hook up our speakers thinking. <laughs> well, no, 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 because I was just thinking of when I can get it on Audible. I'm thinking of when my next credit mm. comes through. Mm. I've got it. Actually, no, yeah. No, Reading, no, yeah, just I, listen. I'm trying to save the trees. Anyway, before yeah. you jump in, I'm going to give my hook up. My hook up, I'm joking. <laughs> my hook up yeah. is mm -hmm. 
Mother Hacker, which is a story. Uh, it's a, uh, a scripted uh, drama podcast. He had so much joy in his face when he said that. <laughs> I'm thinking of ways to get it in. Like, you Mother Hacker. <laughs> uh, no, so it's... it's uh, <laughs> that took me right back to Green Ducks. <laughs> it's, it's a scripted um, drama podcast. I think it's just eight episodes um, produced by Gimlet, but... And you can listen to all of it on Spotify or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast and listen to it week by week. I jumped on Spotify. And it's a mum who gets hacked and in you know, she, she gets so angry and, and tries to track the hacker down and then the hacker recruits her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's actually really good. And it is just a really it's a really fun um Hey, that actually up. sounds wavy, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long is it? Eight oh it's like eight I want to say 30 no, no, minutes. I like, oh, 30 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah, we can work with that. We can work with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's on yeah. Spotify. You can yeah, work with so. I just download this. Spotify is acting bougie, you know. So, Spotify podcast. Yeah, no, no, just Spotify in general. Right. So basically, they tried to take the direct debit, but there wasn't enough money in the account. Why am I getting red banners? Oh, you've got 11 albums downloaded with, without paying your thing. You're not going to be able to listen to those music. I'm like, you're not that important. Yeah? You are not. Uh, well, you can also get it for free on whatever you get <coughs> podcast. So. Anyway. Yeah, mother hacker. Okay, um, so my my hookup is going to be um the love hour, which I was talking about today. Um, so that episode, that episode, just like the past two or three episodes, they had my my five finance, another finance one with his and her finances, mm. which is really good. That's what that's what I was telling you about last time, and uh, and yeah. I put in the group, yeah. Mm. and yeah, and yeah, they have really good conversation about everything and anything there. So just check it out; it's good, cool. um, you know, wholesome content. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah. Well, Kevin's stage is funny. I don't know his wife. No, his wife's not funny. What? She doesn't have to be. Yeah, she doesn't have to be. Yeah. She doesn't have to be. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thank you for listening, guys. Tell us how much you make in the comments. Stress. <laughs> 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 There's gonna be one salary war in the comments, boy. That would be so great. Shout out to Ruth for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at the Furnace UK. You can email email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. Email us. I'm checking the email as well now, so. But why though? <laughs> you need to stop. You need to like log out. <laughs> hey Robert, what are you been using the email for, fam? Never you bite. <laughs> Just those being used to. <laughs> Sending out emails from the email and it's like sent by Robert Emisa. I'm, I'm not Robert Emisa because anyway. it knows it knows whose real daddy is. Um, what was I? Uh, Peter's just a surrogate. Just a step. You can find us at on all good podcasting websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and now TNN Radio and Stitcher. What is Stitcher? Stitcher is, I guess, something like. Spotify. Mm. We are on Stitcher. We're going to get those American subscribers. We do get a few American listeners, actually. Yeah, we get Chinese listeners. Shout out China. (laughs) You don't know the done, though. So you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Blackstones Furnish, no apostrophe. I feel like we need the website. Well, it goes on the ordinary amazing. Now, we need a a whole whole new website. Are you going to build it? Fam, you're the computer guy. Yeah, too long. <laughs> There's a whole section for the Black Tooth Furnace, man. Yeah, on, well, we, on the website. we need the whole website. Um, WordPress. The website is on WordPress. It's all under the Audio Amazing, man. Go to Audio Amazing. What are you going to put on there? 
Well, what do you want? Never, never <laughs> you mind. Peter's getting stressed. Why was he? Why was he so many questions? Start regressing back to Ghanaian life. What? Peter's getting stressed. Let me scheme, fam. Let me scheme. No, because I could, I could, I could create a landing page just for the Black Suspense, and it will just be like you're an amazing slash the Black Suspense, and it'll just be whatever you want to put on there. I have this new Peter edition. Mm, to be I don't have the discipline to, to be maintaining the website. So No, not maintaining, but if you want Just to create a landing create, page. If you want to put stuff, if you have ideas, that's stuff you want to put there. See, the I thing is, I have ideas, but I don't have the discipline to, to, to push those ideas into fruition. So, like, if you want to do that's it for me... Send it to me. Hey! Consider. Yo! Oh my gosh, you know what? This is taking long. The people don't need to hear this. But if you think we need a website, let us know in the comments. Let us know, let us know. Cool. Well, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah. You're doing.